This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Coffee Fitness Unicorn, your pocket DJ, and you're listening to Coffee Chats Podcast, a show where storytelling and coffee hang out. This week's guest in my virtual coffee spot is A.B. Heron, author of Watching Water and Hearing Wind. In this episode, we talk about vegetarian kelpies, anti-heroes, and dyslexia. She even did a special live reading of her character, The Bone Wraith. Thank you for listening. Go forth and be magical. Hello, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be here. This is been so... Listening to... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, please, 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 by all means. I, I've been listening to your podcast for the last couple months, and it's just so lovely to be here in person. And I, ha- I wanted to tell you about your tagline, um, go forth and, and be magical. In my house, we tend to say, because my dog is a Norwegian, so we say, go forth and conquer, because he's a mighty Viking. But I now find myself going, go forth and be magical. Oh, that is so cool. You just like made my day. Totally gushing right now. So thank you. (laughs) So let's gush about you now since you're here. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So you are here to talk about uh, watching water. Uh How would you describe it? Why don't you give us a synopsis of the book as opposed to me putting words out there? It's a it's an urban fantasy that that kind of holds hands with romantic paranormal romance dash back and forth between both genres with this book. Essentially, it follows Nora, who is a unique creature. She's what I call Wolfkin. And she's a, she's a person who has two souls. So she has a human soul and she has a wolf soul. And you meet her at the beginning of the book and she has gone through a terrible breakup. And part of the blowback from this breakup is, is she kind of severed her connection between her two, her two selves. You meet her and you start, you, you're following her journey of trying to put herself back together. And that's how the book kicks off and goes from there. I love how you blended the genres because I, I don't think I've ever read anything that I, so for me, I think this was my first urban fantasy mixed in with paranormal romance, paranormal romance. You are just able to follow that thread with Nora. I had an idea in mind of what I uh-huh. thought. And then, of course, the end does happen. And I was like, okay, well, that's not what I was thinking. So <laughs> this was, that was my mistake. That was my mistake. Again, I would, and I try not to write the story. That's why it's your story. No, you I, I, I'm enjoying this. And so, so when it happened, I was like, oh, well, that's not what I was thinking. And so in that way, you, the author, have very much put me, the reader, in my place, so, but again, like, that's not like a bad thing. It was, I think I know what's going to happen. Oh, right. And this is what we do as readers, Mm -hmm. right? This is what we do. You want to figure it out. Exactly. And so I'm like, I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But again, that's great. That's great. That means I I surprised you. And I hope you hopefully left enough breadcrumbs that you knew you were following a trail, but not so many that you unraveled the entire thing. Yes. And for that, I commend you. That is, that is high praise. I didn't do what I was supposed to do, which was sit back and read and not make the story up. Your job is to make the story, right? (laughs) Create the story. My job is to sit and read, but I think it's because Uh I was trying to figure out, okay, what is, and this was the conversation we just had the other day um, about redeemable characters and Uh anti-heroes. And so I'm a sucker for when they do go good. 
You know, they've been Mm -hmm. through so much hell and this goes back. This is why the anti here, this is exactly what they are able to kind of stop the cycle Mm -hmm. and want to make sure that no one else suffers the way that they have suffered and the, and take on the pain that they have taken on. Mm -hmm. And if they're able to stop that cycle and, and cross that bridge to, to make sure that they then protect others so that they don't go through that. And I'm like, and I lose it. Like I literally like clap my hands and scream and yell and think, yes, this is my guy. This is my girl. This is my, this is my anti-hero. They now are the hero, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. and I, and I love this topic and, and that's why I posted that uh, the other day on Instagram was that, you know, what, what is a hero? What is a villain? And I actually meant to have question marks behind those two titles because our whole world is filled up with shades of gray. I mean, nobody is ever one, one pure thing. I mean, I, I, I try and do this in real life versus as well as in my writing is like, well, what makes this person tick? Why is that person saying this or thinking this or behaving this way? It's like, okay, so how do I put myself in your shoes and understand this? Because the other person is they're they're thinking, I think, I think most of us think we're the hero in our own story, or at least I hope we do. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I like so to think I am. <laughs> as opposed to, you know, I, I don't think the supervillain necessarily thinks they are a supervillain. They have no. their reasons for doing what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I like writing characters that have these different complexities and have these different um, things that have happened to them that they don't have. They're not Little Miss Perfect or Little Mr. Perfect and they're not all good and they're not all bad and maybe they're brushed by evil or brushed by greatness they have potential and that's I think what makes it fun and I love how you say like you get into their and you get into their mind and you try to see what makes them tick and that is the true talent of being able to create a character and and you you your characters have I like the 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 banter that they have (laughs) <laughs> I love that they are meat eating creatures and <laughs> you talk about steak and bacon <laughs> so much in the books or book. And uh, so I'm reading book one. Uh, Benji is making a steak for Nora. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give away too much stuff, but he's making a steak for Nora. And I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I could go for a steak for breakfast right now. So I'm like reading your book and there's all of these steak scenes and I'm like, meat, meat good. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, I don't think she's a vegan. I don't think she would, I don't think a vegan would write uh, about I, I, all of I'm, this steak. <laughs> I'm not. I actually get the question a lot. Are you a vegetarian? Are you a vegan? It's like, no, so far from it. Uh, I, I, you know, I tried uh, for health reasons, for ecological reasons, all that. I tried to be um, vegan for a while and my body rejected it. And I was like, okay, that doesn't work. So, you know, I like meat and I like veggies and I like food and I like to write about it because I have, I personally have a limited diet that I have to follow, unfortunately. And I, I fantasize about food. It's like, oh my gosh, yes. Let's, let's, let's have them cook something great and mouthwatering. Oh yeah. Like I could <laughs> smell the bacon. I was like, yeah, I was like, and, it, and I was like bacon wrapped steak. I was like, all right. You seem pretty high energy because it seems like you like to run a lot. It seems like you do a lot of activity. I, I used to be a runner. Um, so I hike, I hike a lot. Um, and I, ironically, my dog hates running. So he's happy to hike. He'll chase a ball, all that stuff, but he does not run. Like I tried jogging with him one day and he's at the other end of the leash behind me going, what are you doing? Come on, you're a hurting breed. You should like to run. He's like, no. (laughs) Like, did you grow up in that, that culture and that environment? Are you from there? Um, no, I'm actually originally from the Bay area down in California. Uh, so I grew up there and then I went to, did my undergrad in Michigan and, um, lived in Michigan for eight years, which was great. I, I picked Michigan cause I wanted, I wanted to experience four seasons. I mean, it's not like I had never seen snow. I got the question a lot though. Have you ever seen snow when people found out I was from California? <laughs> yes. I ski. I have seen snow. Have I lived in snow? No. Um, learning to drive in snow that I, I was out there for eight years and then I, I, I couldn't handle, we had a winter, it was below zero for a month. 
Oh my gosh. Like I would get home from work and I would crack the door open for my dog at the time. I was like, go out. I'm not coming. I'd <laughs> heard Oregon was gorgeous. Um, I picked two towns in Oregon and I flew out and took a peek and found a place to live in a job in three days. And I was like, okay, I'm moving. Well, are, are you okay to talk about um, your degree from the, oh, yeah. um, I, I have a, I have a bachelor's of science in zoology. Which is um, so freaking cool. It looks, it sounds cool on paper. There's not a lot you can do with it unless you go on to do like a master's or PhD. Um, I did get to work in a zoo in, in Michigan for a little bit. So that was, that was really cool. That gave me some up close and personal time with animals. And I, and there, there were two uh, gray wolves at the zoo I worked at that I got to actually interact with, that I, I got to get down eye to eye with them. And, and it was really a profound experience. Would you say that that was like the impetus for making, for, for helping you want to write this book? Because so now this is kind of going to lead into like the questions, because I actually do have questions oh, about, about the book. So did you always know you wanted to write? I did. It was like my, my, my secret I, I hate to say shame, but it, it felt, it felt like it when I was a little kid. Cause it's like, I want to write. Cause I, you know, I, my dad read to me growing up, like we, the first thing we would do, we'd get up early in the morning, we'd run into the bedroom. We, my sister and I would jump into bed with dad and he would read to us. I mean, he read the classics call of the wild and, and treasure Island. And, you know, we just got immersed in these worlds. And, and as soon as I could read, you'd find me like, curled up in my closet with pillows and blankets, hiding from the world, reading these books. Uh, and so I was just, I would gobble up anything and everything I could get my hands on. Sometime in high school, I realized, well, I didn't, I could maybe write. I didn't always have to be the reader. I could like all my stories in my own head. Maybe I could try putting those down. So I think with, with probably many people in high school, I started writing very bad poetry. So there, there, there are a couple of books of very bad high school poetry that I, I still have floating around somewhere. Um, and I wouldn't show it to anybody, uh, you know, going through the whole angsty phase of, oh, life is hard and terrible. And, you know, I have all these feelings. And then I went from that into college. And I think it was in college was the first time I admitted to a friend of mine that I wanted to write. And I was like, you can't tell anybody. Uh <laughs> Because it just, I don't know, there was something about divulging it to another person that would either make it too real or, or I would have people tell me, no, it's impossible, you can't write. And I think part of that was honestly being, being a dyslexic and dealing with, you know, going through research, or research resource classes and everything and having, I struggle with words, I can't spell to save my life. So why do I think I could write? because I can't spell, but that those, those two aren't connected. Telling a story has absolutely nothing to do with being able to spell it's true. the word, the story, the, uh, you built a world. And this is, and this is why I admire writers. I don't have the ability to build and create worlds and characters like you. I write SOPs. I am a standard operating procedure kind of girl. <laughs> I will write SOPs till I'm blue in the face. But if you ask me to create a character, I am going to stare at you like a deer in <laughs> headlights because I don't know how to do that. So this is why I have the most utmost respect for you and other authors who are able to create worlds and build what you did like I I, I so I have questions <laughs> go I for it hit me with your questions okay what is your favorite forest smell because you take us into the forest and you describe this forest and you you do describe smells but you A.B. Heron <laughs> Amanda <laughs> what smell is your favorite forest smell Have you noticed how Coffee-Fueled Stories doesn't have any ads? That's because I work tirelessly to keep this show alive. After three years on my own, I've decided I need to ask for your help. I've never asked anyone to subscribe. I've never asked anyone to leave a review. I've never asked anyone to rate the show. And I've never asked anyone to pay to listen. 
there are a few ways you can help support the show. I've created a Patreon page, Coffee Field Stories, and a subscription section on my podcast website. It's simple to support and help me keep my dream alive. Just click the link in the show notes to set up your paid subscription option. It's that easy. Thank you for your support. Oh gosh, what a great question. Um, Because there's so many. Uh, you didn't know that was coming, did you? I didn't know that was coming. I, I mean, I didn't get to prep for really anything. I'm, there's, I'm there's here there's on no, the fly. There's no reason to prep. These are the, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, your favorite forest. My favorite smell. forest smell. You know what? I, I love the smell of sunshine on river rocks. Growing up in California, we we would go. My my dad's favorite thing was to go down unexplored roads. Or roads that were built during the gold rush and stuff like that. Oh, very cool. I have, we have some harrowing, <laughs> harrowing experiences from my childhood of like, are we coming back from this alive? I don't know, but I'm 10, so who cares? Um, but the, the, there's just this, this scent that when you have the rocks in the water that have been warming under the sun for hours and hours and hours, it's, I don't know if you're smelling the limestone or smelling the granite or, you know, to have a wolf's sense of smell would, I, I have a feeling they can parse out every mineral in that rock. But from my perspective, it's just, it's just a wonderful summer smell brings me back to childhood. It, I don't know. There's something magical there. I, that is so cool because I have never actually, I can see it. Like when you, the second you said it, I was like, Oh, what a great answer. Like that is freaking <laughs> awesome. And then you mentioned water massage. So, oh, what's do? Uh, yeah. Holy cow, that sounds amazing. So have you had one? Like, how did you learn about this? Oh, gosh, crazy story. Um, there, there are hot springs all over Oregon. And it was the first year I lived here. And my friends were like, okay, let's go to a hot spring. I'm like, okay, I'm in. And we drive way out to this place called Cougar Hot Springs. And you hike in about a half a mile. And then you strip down and get into these pools. And there, Cougar had um, four or five different cascading pools. So you had this bubbling hot water coming up out of the ground in this first pool. And then you can pick pools from there. And there was this guy there. And he was, we were talking. He's like, well, would you like a water massage? I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> he said, it's called Watsu. And it is, it is legitimately a thing. Like I, I had never heard of it before. And I, I know quite a bit about body work and I'm staring at this man going is this a, is this a pickup line I, I know he <laughs> I think I think it wasn't it wasn't um but he was very professional he didn't put his hands anywhere he shouldn't um and so you float on your back and they cradle they cradle your head they keep your face above water and they move you through the water in these patterns and they do these stretches and it's it's a you feel weightless and it's, it's just an incredible experience. And to get it in a hot spring where, you know, the warm water and you're staring up at the pine trees overhead. And I think it was lightly raining at the time. It was just a magical Oregon moment. Hang on to this. And I'm going to ask you about it because (laughs) that just sounded so cool. And that's why I was like, is it a thing? Like, what is this? So now I can go and see where I can find where I can get myself (laughs) a Watsu. We were talking about meat and vegetarianism earlier. And so uh, you're vegetarian Kelpie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're familiar with the Kelpie lore and legends. Because yes. it sounds like you, you've spent time in Ireland and Scotland and everything. Yes. So it was just my twist on a Kelpie. I'm like, okay, so if a Kelpie lived in a hot spring in Oregon, what would they be like? It's like, okay, well, they'd have to be a vegetarian. You know, they, they, they're, they're living the Oregon dream of long hair, ex-hippie. Um, that was... so I, I played to a stereotype to a certain degree there, but it was, it was a fun, you know, twist on a bunch of different stereotypes, I suppose. I have to, like, I, okay, I don't know if you can see this, but you know the um, the emoji where it has the the face with the hands screaming. Oh, uh-huh. I literally so here are my notes, and it says vegetarian kelpie, and it has the little screaming <laughs> face. That's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god! I was like, we have so got to talk about that. By the way, um, when uh, I opened your package, 
and we uh, saw the books, the first thing out of Brandy's mouth was, oh my God, those covers are beautiful. <laughs> like, those are so pretty. Well, that, that's all thanks to Raven. Um, she's the artist that I found to do the covers. And I had a, I had a different cover on Watching Water original. And um, when I went and did a re-release this last year for Watching Water, a couple small changes, but I was like, I have got to find a more um, eye-catching cover. And she would, she, Raven did everything I asked and, and up above and beyond. I was shocked when she sent me the proofs on this. I was like, really? You can do that? That's incredible. And she made Hearing Wind, the second book, look as good. It, I, <laughs> I love one of the things that I, I stared at the most was the, um, how you had the two eyes with the two different, um, so to show her, her wolf half and her human half and the way that you blended the one eye, I was just like, at, cause at first when I, you know, when I first got the book, obviously I didn't know anything about it. And so I was like, oh, wow, that's a really interesting cover. It's, you know, very unique. And then of course, when you realize that she is, you know, wolfkin, <laughs> and then you look back at the cover and I was like, that's freaking brilliant. Like, I can't stop looking at this picture. Like, it's so awesome. So this, this is an amazing cover. I love this cover. I will, I will pass it on to her because she, she's incredible. So I apologize. I'm comfortable with dog earring books. I know that's a, a big controversy, but I feel like, you know, <laughs> books, well, but seriously, it, it's just bookmarks fall out. Um, and I, it just gives the book more character if you've dog-eared it. It, it, you know, shows that you, you were there. And I love that you say that, especially because there's a lot of dogs and wolves in here. So I kind of feel like if I'm going to dog-ear a book, this one would be okay with that. (laughs) Now, if that was a hardback book, we'd have to have a different conversation, but because it is a a paperback book, I think it's okay to dog-ear it. Thank you. (laughs) I have standards. What can I say? I, I love that you have standards. And like I said, normally I don't do this. Normally <laughs> I do not dog air pages. Oh, okay. So this, the reason I dog aired this is we are meeting the death wraith. Uh-huh. Is, is that bone, uh, bone, bone, bone wraith. wraith? Sorry. I'll keep calling him death. That's wraith. okay. I well, I mean, yeah, bone wraith. There's, there's death wraith out there too, apparently. And yes. And, and I read that. So I, that's me messing it up. So I apologize. Your bone wraith. <laughs> and I love how you do that so little, you know, so little and you, and you exaggerate the, the, um, the words, um, that was freaking brilliant. So <laughs> well, he doesn't, he doesn't brilliant. have a very intact, or it, it's not actually a he or a she, it doesn't have a very intact mouth. So it, it, it wouldn't be able to speak very clearly. But again, like the fact that you were able to like, so when I'm reading it, you definitely know what character, like yeah. who's talking for sure. Cause you could have, you could have very easily just said so little, you know, so little, right. But you have the, so, or yeah, so, and so I'm like, oh, it's almost like a snake, like tongue, like, so you have like, you're kind of planting like these, you know, um, I don't want to call it evil seeds. But uh, in my head, I'm like, oh, this is this this guy. So I had like Slytherin, right? So if you want to start going down like uh, 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 the Hogwarts path, uh, Harry Potter <laughs> path, and and I and I and I don't I don't mean that like in a in a, in a bad way, and we'll stay away oh, from J.K. Rowling. But how you know that's what I'm saying. Like that is the talent of an author you were able to create a language for this character. He speaks in a certain pattern. And it was just, I, I love that you gave it that extra element of creepy. So cool. I was, I was actually, I grabbed a book myself and I was looking to see if I could find the uh, page, page 214. Really page 214. Thank, you. Thank yeah. you. You think I'd remember no, no, Too many no. words at this point. Yeah, no, 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 no. I would never expect you to be like, oh yeah, that's on page you know, 385. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no. So page- well, I, I wrote, I wrote a couple, I've written a couple prompts using the bone wraith. And every time I read them to my writing group, uh, I have one friend in particular who gets really excited because I, I do voices. I'm not 
I am not a professional voice person. I, I don't do good voices, but when I read the Bone Wraith, uh, people seem to find it very entertaining. Can you read uh, for? Can you read for? That's what I was. I, I, yes. I was, if you, if you, I, I'm happy to indulge. Please. Um, okay. Let's see. <clears throat> Everyone wants my secrets. Eventually, you'll see. Yes, yes, you will. Each time you look in the mirror, the question will plague you. Yes, yes. The dead, the dead know, and so do I. Oh, that was brilliant. That was awesome. Thank <laughs> you for that. Oh, yes. And I remember Keep that scene. To hear it. Yes. I remember the secret scene. I was like, oh, we're getting to some good stuff. <laughs> I love that. So this is going to lead to the next questions that I have. Oh, so the way that you... You're, so you have your characters and, and so you've got, you've got a Kelpie, you have the Wolfkin, you have the Bone Wraith. So my question is, did you study Native American literature and did you study um, Celtic lore? Like how did, how did you come about um, this particular, for this book, especially because you weave so many different characters from different mythology like how mm -hmm. so did you study that mythology and folklore um i i think just just based on what i've read growing up and you know basic classes that you know you touch on greek mythology and you, you you touch on on all these different um lore over the years if you're involved in reading fantasy um, so I'd like to say I've done really in-depth study, but I'd be lying. Uh, I basically, I, I picked characters and, and said, okay, well, what, what is the basic, you know, what is, what is, what is the old lore on these characters? And then what can I do to make it my own? The Bone Wraith is a complete fabrication out of my head. <laughs> uh, Wolfkin are also a complete fabrication out of my head. Um, there, I, I had since learned that there are, are, there's a population of people who use the term wolfkin and, and we won't go down that rabbit hole here. You, sure. can, you can look that up if you want. Sure. Um, so, and also calling, calling it, the shifters in my book, Kindred, um, I learned after the fact that there's a book series that uses Kindred for vampires. So it's, it's all kind of cross genre, a lot of imagination mixed in. Um, but I do spend a lot of time poking, doing internet research and, Looking up, I looked. I looked up a lot of different Native American um, lore from a bunch of different tribes uh, for hearing wind. So there's there's more in there. Um, but I kind of made Nora and her and her pack and her family and everything. Uh, they're living outside of traditional tribal cultures and, and customs, and there's some of that mixed in. But they are their own their own people. Uh, would probably be a better way of of putting that with a healthy amount of imagination. <laughs> when she was telling her story around the campfire and I just found that page. Oh, the campfire story. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I love the campfire story. Um, and then of course you have Benji and Zayden mm -hmm. and, um, and, you, and you left us with a, a um, you know, at the, end, at the end of this book. Um, and and I, I don't want to give anything away. Um, sorry, but, not sorry. <laughs> no, right, right. No, and, and that's uh, because... Um, I always, I always want to make sure because, um, so what happens is by having you on the show, we can introduce you and your book to other, um, readers, but I always want to make sure that we don't give anything away because then the whole point is like, it's, it's, we're supposed to tease and talk about it so that they can go get it. Totally. But if you and I say everything that happens they're like well, no, why should I read it a lot of spoilers right. could happen very exactly yes. so I always try to stay away from spoilers um but it's safe to talk about Tobin yes uh yes to a certain degree yeah because okay. otherwise there are some as you know there's some stuff at the very end that, that yeah so we kind of yeah not give away but so with with Tobin um actually you know what let's go back let's talk about Zayden because, um, again, this goes back to trying to figure out what Zayden all of, what's what's he all about, right? Did, you, did you guess? Did, did you I knew it? there was something. 
I, I, again, this goes, but I was like, all right, he's, he's, he's something, there's something going on here. And then Benji, I, I like when you introduced Benji, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I just want to wrap my arms around Benji. Like, he, be, he became a fan favorite. I wasn't expecting that. That that's why he got more airtime in book two, because I had so many people like, we want to see more Benji. I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting. <laughs> that's so cool. And, and I was gonna say, that's got to feel really good as, as, as an author, because like you said, you were just like, oh, I'm just, you know, he's, he's, I don't like to use the word peripheral characters because he is, he is pretty big in, in this, like, like I said, he he does make her the stake Um, (laughs) and and that's a good guy and he's a good guy. And you just, you just feel, you just feel that warmth about him and he's got that kindness and this caring, but with Zayden, he was, the word that kept popping into my head was he's too aloof to be not something interesting i was like he's too and it was when again i don't want to give the spoiler but it was (laughs) when he was having like the one night stand uh Uh, i can't remember her name so i apologize that's Um, okay i i would call her for for, i was gonna say only character because she came in and then she went out and yeah you you don't really meet her again yeah oh speaking of which a character that i fell in love with is the neighbor with the rabbit shoes Oh, Mrs. Park. <laughs> oh my God. I am in bunny love slippers. with Mrs. Park. The rabbits. <laughs> yes. The bunny slipper neighbor. Like at first I was like, okay, is she a Mrs. Kravitz from like the witch? Right. Like how annoying is this character? How, like, what is her, why, why do we keep learning about Mrs. Park and what is her deal? Right. And then when Mrs. Park with her little bunny slippers and that whole scene uh-huh. about with the dog, like how uh-huh. she's. And I was like, I want to know more about Mrs. Bar. I was like, I like this lady. I'm going to have to revisit her. I've had a couple of requests. It's like, you know, where, where'd she go? And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. She has a whole backstory. There's a whole reason why she's there and everything. It's just getting it on the page. Getting it out. Oh, see, and uh, that's what I, again, she has a backstory. So I'm like, what is her deal? Like, you know, <laughs> I want to know more about her. Um, and then, um, I love how you created like, so, uh, Chaz, when you introduced Chaz, like I hated him from the start, I like straight up hated him from the start. And I was like, this is exactly how I'm supposed to feel about this guy. And then when things happen even further with this guy, I was like, "Mm." I I don't want to say I want her. So like in my head, like how much I hated him. So I don't, I don't. I'm not a violent person. However, <laughs> however, I was like, hmm, it'd be really cool if Nora turned into a wolf and like ate his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That, that's that's the highest compliment because I'm 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 inspiring emotion in, in my readers. So that's that's awesome. You know, if you can create a character that someone loves or hates or you know wishes bad things upon them and they themselves are not a violent person, I've done my job. So that's awesome. <laughs> so and and again I know he's got a backstory right like everybody's got backstories right but there was just something about him and I I, he's a predator yeah he's a human predator and if anyone with any good survival instincts like yourself or it's gonna come through yeah like I hate it like especially like when she came into the house and she knew like she knew and um, he left the note, right? Didn't he leave a note? He left a note and a picture. That's right. That's right. And so I was like, I just got goosebumps. And so like, I, again, I, I could imagine the whole, so I'm imagining the whole scene. Like she's going up, she's walking around her house. Cause again, your house, this is where you feel safe. This is supposed yep. to be your space. And he violated that. And so I, I think maybe that's what it was because I had such a, a violent reaction to his Mm -hmm. behavior Mm -hmm. that's why I was like okay she needs to eat his face off (laughs) okay let me rephrase that not eat his face off maybe take a chunk of his cheek out okay that's fair okay something to put him out of commission would be be totally acceptable here you know just because of that there's to me there's something how do I say this without like 
when someone violates, like, to, mm-hmm. like especially you know, women, right? Like we have, like, yes. so I go into this super heightened state of protection, anger. And mm-hmm. so when he did these things, that's why I was like, Nora needs to do this. <laughs> this is, well, then, this is the response to that. <laughs> and that's perfect because that's something, something that I, I do like to touch upon is, you know, I, I, oh, I'm going to make a blanketed statement. Um, as women, it, it puts us a lot of times in a very vulnerable position. And as a result, as you know, living the majority of my life as a sing, single woman and living alone a lot of times and stuff like that, you become very aware of your environment and you have to be because unfortunately bad things happen in this world. And I, I've had someone break into my car and, and felt totally violated. You get in your car and your car it, someone, it was someone who was a smoker and my car reeked of cigarettes. I was like, what has happened? Um, I, I've walked into a house before and had uh, a suspicion that there was somebody there. And I got to tell you, those are terrible, those are terrible moments. And to be, and to use that and put that on the page and, and have, have a character go through that and then get the response from a reader of like, we need to kick his, kick his ass. Then I, I think, I think I've accomplished something, hopefully. Yes. So I'm going to piggyback on that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's funny and it isn't same thing. I had, uh, I came home and in in Southern California, we have the Santa Ana's. I had pulled into my garage and the door from the garage to the house was ajar. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't leave it ajar. Like, right. And so instantly terrible moment. I was like, I was like, Oh shit. I was like, all right. So I was like, well, good thing I have um my I had I have a spray, I have pepper spray mm-hmm. that I always I had I have two pepper sprays, one that I usually carry on my person and then one that I keep inside the house. And so I was like, well, here we go. It's time to clear a house. I've I've never actually done it myself, but I'm going to I'm going to clear my house. So and you got to uh, look in the closets and you got to look behind the door and you have to And the shower curtain Oh yeah. Behind the shower curtain. So I clear now this is okay. So the scary part was that, right? The scary part was seeing my door jar. I grabbed my pepper spray and I had a flashlight too, because right. You've you've got to do it with a flashlight and the spray because you want to make sure that you're, you know, like when you open the closet door, um, I'm shorter. So obviously I'm going to point a little bit higher. I'm not going to point down. Right. I'm, I'm not going to spray into the stomach. That would be nope, stupid. You hit the face. So I'm going to hit the face. So I'm going to point a little bit higher. Right. So I got my flash. So I'm doing, I'm going through the whole house. I'm clearing the whole house. I was very proud of myself after. So I was scared. And then I was proud. And then this is where we're going to laugh. It was the freaking Santa Ana's. <laughs> <laughs> there was no one in my house. Hey, I checked you know, under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? I I learned how I can clear my house. Good for you. <laughs> I, I the, the the piece I would add to that, if that ever happens in the future, is call somebody and say, "This is what I'm about to do." Thank you. I did not do that. I didn't I, call that, anybody. That is, that is the most important thing I I could say to someone. If you think there's someone in your house, call someone first. And then so, proceed to clear it. And then proceed if you want to be an idiot at that point. No offense. <laughs> no, none taken. None um, taken. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I well, you know, I Michigan State. While I was there, there were that was their season where they had a bunch of riots. We had three years in a row. There were major riots, and I'm talking things were on fire, tear gas going off, helicopters overhead, dorms, you know being set on fire. It, it was, it was an experience. And I was coming home and I lived right off campus at the time. And I was coming home and I pulled in the parking lot and there was a horde of people over on the side. And I was like, okay, beeline to door, just get to door, get to door. And I, I went flying towards the door and someone started yelling and then somebody grabbed me. Oh no. And I, I have a, I was taking martial arts all through college. And so without even thinking, I turned around prepared to kill this individual that had just grabbed me oh well and and I fortunately stopped because I I fortunately was able to see who it was and I just froze and the person looked at me and it was one of the underbelts in the club and he's like you were gonna kill me I said yes I was going to kill you there is a riot and you just (laughs) grabbed me what did you expect so (laughs) 
do not mess with you. Do not mess with you. I love it. I love it. You may look like a normal, mild-mannered science major, but don't mess with the heron. I love it. With people these days. You 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 never know. You don't. And especially um, there's like no stigma now, like women in martial arts. Like, remember, did you see Miss Congeniality with... Okay, so remember how they do the sing, right? So solar plexus in step. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Groin, right? Yeah. Um, Or nose groin. And so we learned the sing. We learned sing. That's that's And I want to say it was my freshman year in high school. We had a, so this, that would have been 1984. So now I'm dating myself. Uh, 1984, they taught us sing. And so when I see Miss Congeniality, I'm like, oh, hey. (laughs) and and it does work it's it's a great method if you know nothing else sing like it's great yep yeah so so again you you never know we we might look like mild-mannered normal little you know women but (laughs) we can sing um so so that being said um I do want to pull up this page so on page 125 this is my first, this is my first live book reading. This is very exciting. Very cool. Thank you. <laughs> um, and because I need it, helping one soul to feel a bit better helps my own shine brighter. I'm glad, I'm glad that that touched you. I freaking that's love part that. Of, that's part of Finley's magic is. And Finley's a cool character. Like <laughs> I, I, I uh, uh, again, without giving, you know, too much away, it sounds like you had a lot of fun creating these characters and putting them in these situations and doing these things with your characters. Um, like, did you, are, are you a mapper? Like, do you oh, no. map everything I, out? I, I am I am so in awe of those people who map and plot and, and plan and, and make spreadsheets and, and, and boards on walls with post notes. I think that's amazing. I do not do any of that. I am a, I am a, blundering fool lost in the woods who just I charge in and I just start writing I have an idea of where I'm going I I, like I know what the end point is but what's going to happen between the first paragraph and the end point I couldn't tell you a lot of times Um, which does get me in trouble and uh, it got me in a lot of trouble finishing this book and moving into into the second book but I yeah I'm I'm a gardener or a (laughs) whatever other term you want to use I think they say writing by the seat of your pants, like to quote Nano Rimo. That's right. That's yeah, right. a panster or a planner, a plotter or a panster. <laughs> I was introduced to gardening and architects, and so I, I <laughs> we all have our processes, suppose. So yeah, because again, you know, part of being a reader and part of being the writer, like mm-hmm. I'm supposed, you're supposed to take me on that road trip, right? You're supposed to like you pick the music, you set the scene, and I'm supposed to go along for the ride. But it's very hard as a reader, right? Because we we do want to we want to we want to interject ourselves. Oh yeah, well, and I'm a terrible person to watch movies with because of the, you know, ten minutes into the movie, I'm like, okay, they did it, that's going to happen, and that is going to explode. And my my partner, he's just sitting there going, "What is it with you writers? You like have the whole plot already figured out for ten minutes in." I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, oh, I know. And then when my it happens, sister, my sister won't let me talk during a movie. She's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't care what you think is going to happen. Watching movies with me, I'm sure is totally painful. I, I should ask Brandy one of these days, but because same thing, I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen. And then she's like, don't say anything. And I'm like, but, but, but <laughs> well, right. Have you, watched, have you watched power of the dog yet? Cause I got to tell you that surprised the heck out of me. I did not predict a thing in that movie. No, I haven't seen that one. I just finished watching uh, the Reacher series. So I think the casting that they did for the the show on Prime was everything I'm hearing from people who've read the books is spot on. Nice. I I was actually thinking, so I've never read the series, but because of the series that I had just watched, I'm like, oh, I'm down to read those books. He is that badass psychotic beefcake, but he's got a pure soul, you know, like um, Like Benji. Yes. Yes. Was I imparting Benji into him when I was, I don't know. Um, but, uh, no. So I was trying to guess, I was like, okay, who's, who's dirty and who's clean. Right. Like, so again, you know, and and then I was like, I was right. And then I doubted myself. And so I was wrong. 
And then I went back to my original thought and I was like, God, I hate when that happened. You know what I mean? You're like, they did a great job. Yeah. Playing with our emotions throughout the whole thing. It was like, this person, not that person. And my favorite character, who's your favorite character? I'll I'll tell you mine. Uh, Neely. From the Jack Reacher series? Yeah. I'm in love with Neely. Like she's like my favorite character right now. I want a whole book on her. Yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. I enjoyed her immensely. She, she was, she was badass and she like kind of kept him like in line a little bit and uh, she was great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, have you read any, is that my microphone that's doing that? I apologize if, if there is, if it's being, I don't wonky. hear anything. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. I'm not sure. I keep hearing clicking. So I was, and I'm not hitting anything. So I apologize. But one of the things that I'm a sucker for is, um, and I know you're not a coffee drinker, so we, but we are, we are going to talk about your <laughs> thank favorite you, Thank beverage. you for talking to me anyway. I appreciate it. I, I was afraid that was going to. That is not a deal breaker. You don't have to drink coffee to be on this show. That's not, that's not how this it's works. the title, Coffee Fitness Unicorn. I mean, I, I can, I can match up with the, the fitness part, but. <laughs> and the unicorn part. And the unicorn but, part storytelling is what connect the reason I got my master's is because we are a storytelling culture we as humans this mm-hmm. is what separates us from the animals so you being you know zoology, right know. right as far as we know we don't know if dolphins are telling stories with their clicking right mm-hmm. but they could be they could be. Um, they could be but the reason I love storytelling is because even though we didn't actually have written language like we have been an or like we have been orally telling stories from the very beginning of our speech right since we've Mm -hmm. been able to talk and that has fascinated me that I found absolutely just mind-blowing and so the fact that we are able to tell these stories the fact that I am able to read your book and you take me to these characters and you build this world that is magic so mm-hmm. I know I'm drinking coffee. What are you drinking? I'm drinking hot water. It's boring, but I, I, I can at least show off the mug that it's in. It's a very pretty mug. Isn't that fun? That's very pretty. Yeah. It's like the perfect watching water mug. I know. Someone gave it to me for Christmas this year. And I was like, wow, that is, that is awesome. Ooh, I like the unicorn. Oh, thank you. So this is my, my coffee fitness unicorn mug. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. Uh, so why are you just drinking hot water? What? That's going down a, I, unless you want to get into dietary stuff, which I think bores the pants off most people. Um, long story short, I had a, a full system collapse and uh, with my gut and I've had to rebuild it very slowly. And so I'm very limited in what I can eat, which sucks. Um, and one of the, one of the casualties of this experience was, uh, it took away all my tea drinking. Uh, so I can drink, I can, I can drink mint tea and that's kind of about it. Everything else causes, uh, causes issues. So I just drink hot water and it's a habit I got into from my mom because she's always cold. Um, so she always have a mug of hot water on her, on her desk. She's a first grade teacher. And it, it's like, mom, what's in the drink? What's, what are you drinking? And she's hot water. I'm like, really? And now here I am in my, in my mid forties going, yeah, I drink hot water. It's great. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, that's terrible that you had to experience all of that. Like, can you like put cinnamon in it or can you like enhance it in any way? Nope. Cinnamon's a big no, no. Really? This is why I write about like Nora bacon cinnamon buns and stuff. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say, I'm like, no wonder there's so much steak in here. Like <laughs> I can eat steak. I can still eat steak. Steak is wonderful. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Oh my gosh. You poor thing. <laughs> like, ah, uh. it's, it's okay. It's just, you know, we all have different hurdles in life. This happens to be mine. Okay. So you can have mint tea. Yes. What is your favorite mint tea? <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really killed this, uh, this line of questioning. Um, <laughs> Uh, my favorite mint tea is oh, what have I been? Trader the Joe. celestial, celestial, celestial seasonings. There, celestial I seasonings. That's a great um, one. Yeah, they they have that peppermint tea that is just it's awesome. It has a great great odor to it, and it it just you really get that mint. Nice, so. nice. Well, I, I remember when we first started messaging. Um, 
because that's one of the, that's the first question I usually ask when I do my DMs is, um, do you drink coffee? Like, that's the first question I will ask in the DM because I want to make sure that, you know, I, I know what your drink, what you can drink or what you do, but I did not know about the hot water thing. Like I, I straight up didn't know that that, that is, uh, I will drink all the coffee for you. How about that? Excellent. That's great. Okay. I, you know, I will say coffee has its place in chocolate, like a really good dark chocolate flourless tort with a little coffee in there. I, I'm there for that. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, that sounds so good. I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh, the only thing we didn't really talk about, we didn't really hit was um, how you overcame dyslexia. Do you have time to, to tell us about that? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine on time. I don't want to okay. uh, sap up all your day. Um, how did I overcome it? I wouldn't say I necessarily have overcome, have overcome it. I've just learned how to live with it. Um, I'm I, the way dyslexia affects me the most is with spelling. Um, because I grew up in a household with, you know, my mom was a first grade teacher. My dad was an avid reader and they introduced introduced me to reading and books and everything like that. And no one ever once told me you can't read. So a lot of dyslexic, dyslexics who struggle with reading, um, I, I don't, I, I never, I was never told you couldn't. So of course I wanted to, so I did. Um, but it's, I, I still remember when I first worked with my first uh, uh, tutor and they were trying to help me spell my my understanding of what I think mother should be spelled like is M-O-U-T-H-E-R. That's, that's what I think mother should be. Um, and I, I, I was struggling. I was held back in first grade actually, because I was struggling so much with, with writing and, and spelling. And um, I don't even know if they hold kids back anymore. I think they just push them all forward. But uh, after a year of that, they finally tested me and said, wow, you, you're, you have a learning disability, you can't spell, uh, we have to, we're putting you in resource, we're going to figure out a way of dealing with this. Ironically, I also tested into the GATE program at the same time. And my, my mom taught in the school that I, I went to, and she, I, she tells me these stories years later, like years, I'm, I'm in college, I think, when she finally told me the story, she's like, I marched into the principal's office, and I, and I said that you should be in the GATE pro- program, and you should be in the resource program, and he should let you do both. And I was just like, yeah, did. Uh, and the principal is like, no, she's in resource. Uh, so I went, I, I had a lot of help starting in um, uh, third grade. And I went, I always had that assistance going through um, high school. And I think the last two years of high school, I said, enough, I'm going to go to college. I, I, that's my plan. That's where I'm going. I want to make sure I can do this on my own. Um, and so I, I, dropped it all and went, went forth and was magical. <laughs> um, it, it's a lot of memorization. It's all the words I know how to spell, I have memorized. And I, I will admit, I still have moments of feeling embarrassed if I'm DMing someone or some of the posts that I, I put up on, on Instagram and everything, because I don't have a proofreader in my pocket. And I wish I did, because I know a lot of people, when they read something that is misspelled, there's an assumption out there, a stigma that goes, oh, that person is, is not as smart or that person doesn't know what they're talking about. Or I, I met someone, uh, my ex-husband, we met online um, on a dating site and you know, you start by interacting back and forth. And he told me later, he's like, you know, if it wasn't for my sister's own quirks, I would have dropped the conversation with you because of all your spelling errors because you came across very, like you weren't very smart with the spelling mistakes. And I was like, just because wow. a person can't, you gotta, you gotta look past, you gotta look at the content. Um, Absolutely. So it, it's, it's fascinating to me. And that's one of the, that's also one of the things I worry about the most with my books is because, because I'm such a creative speller, uh, spell check doesn't always catch it. I've stumped multiple editors. Um, and I unfortunately know there are still spelling mistakes in my manuscripts and I've, I've put them through two sets of editors. Um, I, I, I will end up haunted versus hunted or wraith versus wrath. 
you know, I won't see the difference in the words. I know the difference in the words, but right. I don't, I, my brain doesn't see it. My, my brain sees the content in the sentence. Yeah. And as long as it's close enough in letters, I don't pick them apart. Um, so it's, I, it's kind of fascinating. It, it is because I, I had zero idea. I would have, ne- your book is flawlessly written and flawlessly edited. I would have never, never, when you told me that in the DM, I was like, I had no idea. Thank you. It's every, so you have a great editor and you are, like I said, and it is sad that we do judge and I will be the first one to admit I have fat fingers when I'm typing on my phone. Uh, and I couldn't I think tell we all you do. This, this keys are not that big. I couldn't tell you how many typos I have when I send messages to people on my phone. And I try to, it, when I'm on my keyboard, like that's different, right? Because it's our keys and, and typing like this was something mm-hmm. that I was trained to do in eighth grade versus writing with my two little thumbs, which I learned uh-huh. to do at like 38. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's a big difference between those two. Um, oh, yeah. You know, oh no, I'm right there with you. Yeah. And I'm so I really hope nobody judges me and I could, I'm sure there's typos left and right in my, in my postings and, and, and I don't care, you know, like I agree with you hundred percent. So there's two schools of thought, especially uh-huh. as an English major, you're either a prescriptivist, um, or, um, and of course now I've forgotten the other word, <laughs> but, um, prescri- oh, prescriptivist or descriptivist. And oh, one is like you have to have the commas in the right page. You're all about the Oxford comma. Uh, um, I was a journalism major first, so we don't like the Oxford comma. We don't want all those commas in there because again, it's, it's for, for, uh, you only have so many spaces in, in a, in a newspaper. And so that's why they actually removed that serial comma. Oh, interesting. So I was trained as a journalism major to not put that extra comma in there. And my brain, like, I, I don't put it in there. And people mm-hmm. are always like, um, you need that extra comma in there. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> now, as a lawyer, you want it in there. So the, again, this goes back to descriptivist versus prescriptivist. So mm-hmm. content is key for descriptivist, which is mm-hmm. what I am. Mm-hmm. And prescriptivist, you are like, you are rigid. You are hard. Those are the rules. This is what you do. These are the words you use. This is how you do it. Um, you know, they always say never use the same word, uh, repeat the same word in a sentence. So so Mm -hmm. don't say, you know, the, the something, something was long and then blah, 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 long. Right. I look for that a lot in my writing. Right. And so you, like I said, I read your book, I devoured it. I was able to, you know, follow along, like go into your world and I would have never known that you were dyslexic. Never. Oh, well, thank you. That, that means a lot. That, that means I have a good crew around me because you do. It's, it's it really taken, do. <laughs> it, it takes a village. So it does. And, and I have a tendency, and this is what we were talking about just before we started recording. I can tell when I'm tired because mm-hmm. my B's and my D's, when I go to type with my fingers mm-hmm. and same on the keyboard, I do it on the keyboard too. Um, or, and, and writing something happens in my brain and I can tell when I'm tired because I start G's and P's and D's and B's. And it's something with the, it's those letters, not like E or S it's, it's, you know, X is pretty Mm -hmm. straightforward, but there's something with the D and the B. And so when I start confusing D and B and I'm like, I need to go to bed, (laughs) I just need to go. I'm like, Clearly my brain is tired and my fingers and my brain are not working. So I get it. Do you, like, is, is that something like when you were diagnosed, did they tell you, are there like levels of dys- dyslexia or. You know, I, I know nowadays they have a, like, if you dive into this world nowadays, they have a description and a prescription and a, you know, a breakdown of everything when it comes to learning disabilities or being on the spectrum or all, all that stuff. And back when I was diagnosed, I mean, this is, this is a while ago. I'm going to date myself. They didn't have all this stuff. It was just like, you're dyslexic. You have a learning disability, move on. Um, and, and I also know that, that teachers who work in resource nowadays, because I have a friend who does, 
um, uh, and I think they, I don't even think, forgive me, I don't even think they call it resource anymore, but um, they, it's, it's a different, uh, different type of, of student they're working with nowadays. I was, you know, um, you, you see so much uh, ADD and ADHD and, and then the spectrum has all its, all its colors and, and all its uh, ways of manifesting. Um, back when I was diagnosed, I was, we were a very quiet little classroom. <laughs> there wasn't a lot going on. Um, so they don't, have, I didn't have the labels. Um, I, I know that B's and D's are really, really tricky for a lot of dyslexics. I honestly just don't think about it. If I start to think about it, it causes a problem. Um, I used to wear uh, my watch on my right wrist and I always wore it on my right wrist because I knew that was my right hand versus my left hand. Um, I give directions a lot at work and I will have somebody turning one way and I will be turning them to the left, but I will say be turning right. And it's like, oh no, no just follow my, follow the physical cue. Thank you very much. I'm so sorry. Um, and then with typing, when my brain gets tired, like with the word feel, I'll go F-E-L-L -L because I know there's double letters in there, but I'll double up the wrong letter. So it, it just, I it, do that all the time. Like, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> I know it's supposed to be feel and I type fell and I'm exactly. like, why did I just do that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, and like, I, th I think it's, I don't know, like some, there's, there's something, but, um, that's interesting. So I've never really, um, I've never been tested. I, I don't mm -hmm. know if, if I wouldn't classify myself as a slow reader or a fast reader, I think I'm kind of an average reader. And the reason that I, I don't know if I, it, 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 maybe, I, maybe there are levels of dyslexia. I don't know. Maybe. So now because of this conversation, I'm going to go do some research. So <laughs> that's the best part about learning from someone is because you never know, like they're, they're you know, and I feel like, I don't know, maybe did I overcompensate in school? Did I, did I, you know, if I had, do you find that you have to sometimes like read a paragraph several times to like really chew it to make sure that you're understanding it correctly? Sometimes, yes, especially more in the academic realm. Like, uh, you yeah. know, yeah, <laughs> back with the whole science degree and everything. Yes, there were, there were times, especially in the chemistry class where I would just, and maybe it was, I also wasn't very interested in the content, but I would have to reread paragraphs like, what did they mean by the covalent bonds that are being, you know, taken over here or that whatever. So um, the more technical it got, the harder it got. But the beauty about having a brain that works differently, and I mean this for anyone out there who has a brain that works differently, and fair, to be fair, there is no such thing as normal. But when you have these stumbling blocks with dyslexia or... Um, a host of the other ones, your, your brain has different ways of coping and compensating. And so, you know, you might be given, we could look at heroes and villains, you might be given this thing that would be considered a, a defect on one hand, but it comes with an advantage on the other hand. So I look at the world differently. I process things differently. I, I find ways around problems that other people don't because of how my brain works. And it's really, fun to see that reflected in other people so if you like to read and it's a struggle for you but because you like it you're going to keep working at it you're going to get better at it um so you might have a touch of dyslexia or more than a touch of dyslexia but because you're passionate about reading that's probably not going to be a huge stumbling block for you because you're going to read through it you're going to figure it out and that's amazing our brains are amazing what we can all do is amazing yeah. They're, they're important and they, they touch you and they make you dream and they ignite the imagination. It's not, nothing, nothing better. For sure. It's watching water. It's <laughs> and on that note, we're going to bring it back to you. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, thank you so much for your time and, and thank you for, for taking us into your world and to, to share your characters with us. Thank and you for thank wanting to explore it. And your stories, like the, I, I love your stories and that was so cool. And thank you for, for sharing about, um, you know, how dyslexia, how you were able to like work through it and, and like that it, it's not, it didn't stop you. And that's, that was what I mean by like overcoming it. Like it didn't stop you from 
writing a book. It didn't stop you from reading and, and to, to, be, to, to keep your passion. No, I, I'm very fortunate that I was able to, to work through the insecurities there. So yeah, pretty, pretty thick skin about dyslexia at this point. I love it. I love it. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to reading more about Tobin when you, when you actually finish that one. So this crazy story, we'll see what happens. I want to know more (laughs) about Tobin and uh, I haven't, I didn't get a chance to finish, um, the, uh, your book two. Um, Yes. Hearing wind. So I am definitely, but I do, I did get to the part where the wind is, um, uh, uh, is it the, how do you, is it, do you pronounce it Manitou or Manitou? I believe it's pronounced Manitou, but that's part of my, we'll say curse and gift. I couldn't tell you. Uh, uh, So (laughs) I'm just going to say Manitou then, right? Um, and so how you introduce those two characters and how the wind, like the way that you described, like the wind dancing Mm -hmm. and like the skin on like the bark of the trees, like just so beautiful. So like, uh, very, like I, I very much felt like I, again, I was transported into nature and I could hear and I could smell and I could feel everything. You, you brought that element, all of those elements to me, the reader. And, uh, I, I will say, um, cause I found out otherwise Crater Lake is a real place. I, I found out from one of my readers, they didn't know that. Um, and, and I mean, why, why should you, if you don't, don't visit Oregon, but Crater Lake is a real place and everything, all the hikes in there and everything that I did go on to talk about, those are all places that you can reach and you can visit and they're incredible. Very so cool. I'm, pl- I'm plugging Oregon, I guess, <laughs> or giving a, a big nod to the nature that inspires everything. It's, it's all based on real things. And th- so have you ever seen the Grimm series? Are you familiar with Grimm? I am familiar with Grimm. I did not see all of it. I know it was filmed in Portland. Um, yeah. That actually, that's Ruby's favorite show. I, Ruby is a character too. So yeah. like, yeah. I, I, we could, we could go on and on and on and on. So I, 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 yes. So we'll have to do like a part, we'll, we'll do a part two book two. Um, <laughs> so, so, and we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about Grimm and Ruby and, and all of those extra other characters. And I'm telling you, like, I am in love with, I just want to call her Mrs. Bunny Slippers. I know <laughs> she has a name, but I love that. Mrs. Bunny Slippers. Like, I am in love with her. I want to know more <laughs> about her. So Tobin and, and, and Mrs. Bunny Slippers. All right, we'll make it happen. Awesome. Sounds this good. This has been a blast. I've enjoyed every minute. Thank you so much. Me too. Uh, <laughs> since you love to say my tagline, would you like I, to send I us would, off? I would be honored. Uh, go forth and be magical. Thank you very much. You take care and uh, I'll...